everyone. Welcome to Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. We've reached Advent number three, the third Sunday of December, just one week now from Christmas Eve. I think you must all be feeling very festive by now. Trees up, tinsel on, sparkly attire, Christmas parties, all this sort of thing. It must be in full swing. What do you say, Chris? Yeah. Grinch. The voice (laughs) of a Christmas Grinch comes echoing through the airwaves. You'll be excited. Yeah, I suppose so. To look behind the curtain a little bit. It's only actually the 3rd of December for us. I'm feeling Christmassy already. You've gone early. I'm ready for jingles and jangles. You've gone early. I love it. The third Advent tale we have is The Devil Comes to Doddington. (laughs) The Devil Went Down to Doddington. The Devil Went Down to Doddington. I found this story in Maureen James's book Cambridgeshire Folk Tales. And it really, I think, tells the story of a very unfortunate night out. (laughs) We've all had those. Or sort of like a day out that turns into a night out and then the unfortunate consequences thereof. And we're not just talking about hangovers. Well, maybe we are, maybe we aren't. Anyway, I thought that seemed fitting for this time of year of basically all you're doing is just drinking some bits one day with one group of people and then you're tired but you're forced forced to drink more the next day with another group of people there's mulled wine flowing there's is there eggnog not in our house but in your house there might be eggnog so that's the general sort of spirit got the gist what's our third festive drink i'll tell you get your glass chris grab it now okay it's black, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, is this a festive drink or is it a drink themed to the story? I think it's festive in that it's sort of strong and you <laughs> might find yourself drinking it at Christmas. And it's kind of novelty. Right, yeah. So the drink is, it's a black rum called Fallen Angel mm. rum. And the bottle is a devil's head. It's great, isn't it, the bottle? The bottle is a black devil's head. And the rum, I think, has chocolatey notes, Mm. which makes it a bit Christmassy and sort of licorice, a bit of a licorice-y flavour. It's one of the blackest drinks I've ever seen. It's really very black, isn't it? Have a swig, have a swig. Mmm. It's a sipping rum. You wouldn't want to put a mixer in this. Although you probably could put it in some sort of a cocktail and make it quite nice. It would be a waste, wouldn't it, in a way? It would be a bit of a waste. But I think, yeah, I think it's sort of a winter's sort of a drink. It's, I can feel it. It's one of those ones that you can feel the warmth going down. <laughs> Spreading you take, into your you body. You take a mouthful and you, you can literally feel it slipping down the gullet. That's the evil influence of the devil spreading through your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the end of these drinks, we'll be fully on side. Mm. Scaly. Scaly and wingy. Mm. And horny. No! <laughs> Maybe. No. Okay, so let's start one morning in a town called Doddington. But where is Doddington? I think it's Huntingdon, old Huntingdonshire. Okay, so is, is it someone that still exists today? I think around and about, you know. This doesn't seem like you've done this research at all. <laughs> you? I would have thought, where is Doddington would have been... No, Doddington you know. exists. Okay, you're sure? Uh, yeah, I'm fairly sure, and I think it's in old Huntingdonshire, so top, right. edge, top now of Cambridgeshire. Okay, yeah. A group of farm workers were preparing for the day of work ahead of them. They were sort of based in a manor house and they started to go out from the manor house towards the fields 
to get their ploughs and harrows ready for the tasks of ploughing and harrowing. Seems reasonable. But what should they find? But a man, bruised and bloodied, and almost naked. It seemed to them that he had fallen into or onto the harrows and had been gored by their sharp blades, because (sighs) how else could he have come to have these terrible injuries? He was insensible. I'm sure. The workers were very alarmed and cried out to know who this man was. And how had he come to be here amongst their farm instruments? But the mysterious fellow could only groan and sigh. They ran to fetch their master, the gentleman of the manor. He saw the state of this wretched man and had a bed made up in the house to help the stranger get warm and hopefully start to recover. After a while, he regained his senses somewhat and began to recount a strange tale. Stranger than anything that the gentleman could have imagined to hear. And is this the tale you will tell us now? I will tell it now. The man said his name was John Leach of uh, Ravely in Huntingdonshire, possibly Ravely. He had left his house the morning before with a plan in place to go to the fair at Whittlesea. Oh, yeah. And he'd made a plan to meet some friends at Whittlesea Fair and get involved in drinking some beers. That's what happens when you go to Whittlesea. I've seen it. (laughs) I grow a little suspicious already of his story because the distance between those places is about 20 miles. You think it's a long way to go just to drink some beers? I think even on a horse, that's going to take you several hours. No, not on a horse. Yeah, a fair few. 20 miles? Yeah, on a horse. A horse probably goes 20 miles an hour at least. You're not running on the horse though, are you? Yeah, of course you are. You're sort of trotting. No, you're cantering over fields and countryside. Okay, well maybe I'm wrong to be suspicious at this early stage. I've seen Lord of the Rings. (laughs) You know how quickly those horses go? That's the Rohan horses. Well, maybe John Leach had a good horse. I think his horse was just a... You think it was a knackered old plough horse? Probably, probably. Just an old plodder. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, it doesn't. it's an hour. It's a moot point because his plan was derailed quite quickly into his journey. Before he'd even travelled two miles from his door, he bumped into a neighbour and thought, hmm, wouldn't this be better actually just to go to the pub near (laughs) where I live? (laughs) Wouldn't that be better, he thought. Almost certainly. So he persuaded the neighbour... To, to come to the alehouse with him. And the neighbour was reluctant at first because it was quite early in the daytime. It wasn't even lunchtime, <laughs> I was going to say, how early were we talking? It was the morning. Right. But not like half eleven, you know, like half nine. Yeah, like early, early. Because half eleven's about acceptable, Well, once it? it gets towards 12 o'clock, you're all right, aren't you? Especially on a fair day. Also in those days, uh, weren't there, well, I suppose, are we pre-strict licensing laws? I don't think there were really licensing oh. laws. We don't know, of course. This is just some time in the past. That's folklore for you. (laughs) They began to get quite merry, Mr Leach especially. So it wasn't really even 11 o'clock yet. And we know this because Mr Leach's friend inquired what time it was after they'd had a couple of drinks, a few drinks in already. And he was told that it was only just 11 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And Mr Leach grew excited about this. He's very brilliant. (laughs) That means that we've got at least another 10 hours. Exactly. He thought, there's a day of drinking ahead of us. This is great news. When he was told the early hour, he shouted, then let the devil take him who goes out of the house today. Oh, prophetic. He meant, of course, the ale house. Not his own house. He's already left his own house. Let the devil take him who goes out of the house today. He had a bit more to drink, Mm. but then, as many day drinkers do, got a vague feeling of guilt and unease. (laughs) (laughs) We all know the feeling. Yeah, although it tends to be later rather than during. I don't know. I think sometimes if you've had plans and they get a bit derailed. Yeah, but his plans were just to go drinking somewhere else. Well, sure, but he'd arranged to meet these friends and he just sacked them off, hadn't he? Yeah, he can't WhatsApp them, can he? So he thought maybe he should try and go to the fair after all. Oh, you don't want to get on your horse after a few 11am pints. Well, no, you wouldn't have thought... We all remember um, Elizabeth Woodcock, don't we? 
fell off the horse into the snow, got buried for 11 days. Anyway, Mr. Leach thought I should probably, I probably should go and meet them. So he got up and prepared to leave the alehouse. His friend accosted him, perhaps in jest, perhaps with genuine concern. Mm. Do you not remember the oath you made Mm. just now? You remember the oath. Yeah, about having the devil accost you. Mm. Mr. Leach gave a laugh. He remembered the oath, but he didn't care. No. Ha, he said, the devil will not trouble me. And anyway, I am so heavy, he won't be able to carry me. (laughs) Heavy with booze. (laughs) Well, that made me think that Mr. Leach might quite frequently make a habit of going to the pub at 11am. If he's heavy, too heavy for the devil to carry. I like that heavy is almost like a euphemism for being drunk, like being tight. Like the Americans say, uh, oh, he oh, was tight. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean? I was thinking it just meant he was overweight. Physically heavy, yeah. But, you're, yeah, that's quite a good idea. Heavy I'm heavy with booze. With booze. <laughs> it's better than being heavy with child. <laughs> Especially for a man. You can't be both at once. No. Those are the rules. Not legally. Well, not morally. <laughs> not too heavy with booze. Maybe a small shandy would mm, be okay. Or a Guinness. For iron. Yeah. Not going to comment on on boozy, boozy pregnant women. I say, we don't endorse it on this show. No. no. Please don't drink and be pregnant. Mr Leach called for his horse, and off he went, along the track, towards Whittlesea. Quickly, Had his, You say he called for his horse? Well, Had uh, it just been, you know, <laughs> hanging out in an alleyway nearby, what, awaiting horse? his uh, whistle? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, up. He's out now, lads. Leaning Come on. Leaning against the wall, smoking. I'll like catch a, you later. Like a far side cartoon. Gotta take this lump to Doddington. <laughs> this terrible big lump. This lump of a man. So, no, I think probably that the horse had been stabled, stabled by a man. and a, a helpful worker of the inn yes. went to fetch the horse for him. So off he went, but he began to feel remorseful again. What, that he'd left the previous pub? He began to worry about the oath he'd made <sighs> and then so quickly broken yeah. by leaving the alehouse. Don't go making oaths if you're just going to break them. Maybe his friend was right and trouble was on the way. He couldn't decide. He turned his horse first one way back towards the alehouse, then the other way, toward the road to Whittlesea. Right. At any he point, rode... is he going to go Widdershins? Oh, no. We don't like Widdershins. He rode one way for a time, but then the remorse kicked in. He rode back. Back and forth, he went like this for hours. He couldn't decide what to do. It Cursing seems to me himself. like he might already be bewitched. These aren't the actions of a rational man, no, are not, they? No. Not even the actions of a drunk man. Mm, you can be indecisive if you're drunk. But not repeatedly indecisive like that. You'd just plough on, wouldn't you? Recklessly. So back and forth, back and forth he went. Before he knew it, night had fallen and the darkness closed in. Soon it was past midnight. Then something very unexpected happened. From the darkness emerged two terrifying creatures. Mm. As Mr Leach explained it to the gentleman in Doddington the following day, they looked to him like griffins. Mm. What do you know of griffins? Uh, The old Midland Bank logo. (laughs) Was that a griffin? Yeah, wasn't it a griffin? That was a lion. Like a golden griffin on a blue background. So what does that lead you to tell us about griffins? What what makeup are they of creature? Uh, lion's head on a man's body? No, a lion's head on a man's body? <laughs> well, that wasn't the thing of Midlands Bank. Because uh, <laughs> that would just be... Because would the man be naked or wearing clothes? I, uh, uh, I don't think you want to put a man's head on 
a lion's head on a man's body and then that make that your logo just with his penis and balls swinging well, around. That's what the bloody ancient Greeks were doing, wasn't it? Yeah, but not the Midlands Bank Yeah, in but the they 80s. were alluding to classical times. I don't know. Anyway. The Griffin, no, is it, uh, what is it, an eagle's head on a lion's body? It's basically a mixture of eagle and lion. Yeah. The body, tail and back legs of a lion. Yeah. And then the head, neck and wings. Yeah. Of an eagle. Yeah. But I think you might want the lion's mane. You can't have bottom half lion, stick an eagle on the top and then go back to lion on top again. But you've put the wings already on the back of the lion. Well, that's still top half eagle. But (laughs) it's not feathery, I don't think. Griffins are a nonsense creature. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are they doing hanging about in Huntingdonshire? Well, that's a very good question, Chris. A very good question indeed. The griffin-like creatures called out to Mr Leach in a rasping and horrible voice. A human words voice? Human words came out, but the voice was horrible and rasping. Remember your sins and the oath you have broken this day. Three times they said it, the same words. Mr Leach tumbled from his horse, probably in shock, and as he lay on the ground he saw that the beasts were approaching him. They scooped him up in their talons and carried him away. The talons are the eagle talons as well. sure. A lion can't scoop up a man, only in its mouth. Yeah, and then you're probably done for. But it can't swoop you in its talons. They carried him over great bodies of water. He saw the water passing below him. It was the fenny landscape right, back okay. in those days. Not the sea yet. First over Whittlesea Mere they went, then more miles across Ramsey Mere. After many miles of flying, they dropped him down here in Doddington without... As Maureen James puts it, clothes or sense. Why had the griffin taken his clothes off? I think that it's the talons of the griffins had sort of torn through the clothing and it had tumbled away. Oh, and that explains the cuts on his body. Yeah, not it wasn't the harrows. It was the talons of the the griffin. griffin. That is, if we believe Mr Leach. Mm. The story astonished the gentleman in Doddington. I'm sure it would. You would be astonished, wouldn't you? Mr Leach asked if he might kindly be allowed to rest in the bed, having told his story. For another day or two, just while he fully recovered. And the gentleman gracefully agreed. He sounds okay. He sounds an okay sort to just let this fat, hungover man, gored up with no clothes on, just rest in his house. It was probably an entertainment, wasn't it, in those days? (laughs) I guess it was out of the ordinary. Meanwhile, the farm workers had been out in the fields and made another unexpected discovery around two miles from where Mr Leach had been found. This was the torn and tattered clothing of a man. They returned to the manor with the torn and tattered clothing, and presented it to Mr Leach as he lay in his bed. Is this yours? This proved to be a mistake. Mr Leach recognised the clothes, but they sent him into a frenzy. He leapt from the bed in a violent temper, and the workers fled to the room in fear. They were shocked by this violent reaction from a man who had been mild-mannered only moments before. The gentleman of the manor was made of sterner stuff. He went in and inquired, Would Mr Leach like to see a minister? Perhaps it would help with his recovery if he was feeling alarmed and in need of guidance. At this point, he's still in the room kind of ranting and raving about He's sort of flinging himself around. Mr Leach's answer chills the gentleman to the core. I am past his recovery. Mm. The gentleman called for the parson nonetheless. But this was a very unlucky parson to be called that day. Oh dear. When he entered Mr Leach's room, the bedridden man leapt up and sprung at him, screaming, What business have you here? He flung the parson to the ground wow. and started to beat him. Right. The staff of the manor heard this commotion and they leapt into the room, only to find the poor parson prone on the ground and Mr Leach beating him with all his might. It's taken a turn, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I mean, a beating, that's one step beyond your mother sucks cocks in hell, isn't it? <laughs> Less offensive in some ways. But more More painful. in others. 
Worse in other ways. They were able to pull the frenzied Mr. Leach off amongst them. It took the strength of several men. They flung him back onto the bed and quickly tried to bind him onto the bed to keep him still. That's the exorcist way. I know, isn't it? He was too strong though, Chris. He broke free of the bindings with a terrible roar. At this point, everyone was afraid and ran out of the room, including the poor parson who had to be helped. They were too scared to go back in, listening outside the door for the rest of the day and leaving him in there all of the subsequent night. The next day they listened again. Was there any sound? They couldn't hear anything. Maybe he'd tired himself out and gone to sleep. What are you thinking at this point? You're thinking possessed. Yeah, well, yeah, seems to be the way, doesn't it? What are the signs of possession? I don't know. Frothing at the mouth, speaking languages you don't understand. Violent Uh, rages? Yeah, probably, yeah. Personal insults. Intimate knowledge of uh, relatives' activity in the (laughs) afterlife. (laughs) Hating men of the clergy. Yeah. Furious at their very presence. Yeah. A violent, unnatural strength. Yeah, pea soup. Yeah, he wasn't pea souping, but he was exhibiting many of the signs that we might think of as possession. And also, you told me this story is called The Devil Goes to Doddington. There's been no tell of the devil yet. No, not yet. Only in the so oath. He's, he's hiding somewhere, isn't Only he? Only in the beginning, in the yeah. oath. So they opened the door. All had been silent, remember. They opened the door. The sight that greeted them was a horrible one. Mr. Leach was not asleep, oh no. He was lying on the bed, his body distorted in shape, as if his back was broken and every bone in his body was out of joint. Oh no. His tongue protruded from his swollen face and his skin was distended and blackened. Mr Leach was dead. He'd been thrashed all about, hadn't he? In the most hideous of ways. Wow. Yes. The devil had come for the oath-breaker. We have to assume. We have to assume. It had entered his body, possessed him and caused the furious rages. Then it had forced his body into such violent and unnatural convulsions that every bone was forced out of its place and his back was snapped. You do quite often see that in a horror film, don't you? The flinging about of the the body. Exactly, yeah. Yes, it's very horror filmish, I think. I think we're familiar with these things from Mm. exorcism films. The body was such an astonishing and unbelievable sight that it was kept for a time for the people of Doddington to view. And several men of Doddington including the gentleman of the manor and the parson, signed a a written statement that said what they had seen right? and that they had viewed this hideously distorted, monstrous body of poor Mr Leach. And does that... It doesn't remain to this day. Can, well, you, can you go to the local paper Maureen James look at the historical documents? That it's a document right. that exists. Doesn't mean it happened, Chris. Well, I know. <laughs> but maybe it happened. It's interesting, isn't it? I think it's interesting. Anyway, the body was kept for a few days for people to come and look at. But after several days, the corpse began to smell and they had to bury it. That's what a corpse does, isn't it? Now the story of Mr Leach and the devil has passed into folklore as a story to scare those who may be tempted to invoke the devil in such a frivolous manner. (laughs) Yeah, because I was going to say, it wasn't anything particularly uh, significant, was it? That he was... He um, was just saying, uh, let's stay in the pub. Yeah, exactly. Let's stay in this pub rather than go to another pub. He shouldn't have been so frivolous in invoking the devil. And then, Chris, he shouldn't have broken his oath. No. Well, that's maybe the moral of this story. Don't break your oaths. Yeah. Or you'll end up in a stranger's manner, snapped and broken on the bed. That's the story of Mr Leach. I'd like to see some relics from Leach's time. Yeah. What would you have? The tattoo? You could have his clothes that got torn up by the Griffin's claws. I'd like to find his grave. Yeah, I think he was buried in Doddington. Right. Unless they shipped him back. From whence he came. Yeah, they could have taken him back. There's no mention of a family, though, so maybe they just were like, oh, well, 
Also, if you've kept the corpse in the room for a while. <laughs> oh, so the, well, the corpse was kept in the room for people to come and see? That was the implication. Well, you don't want that stinking up your house. But you might think, I suppose if you thought it was a... What's the opposite of a miracle? So a miracle is a sort of act of God, right? That oh, okay. something miraculous happens. So what's an act of that the devil? could never possibly happen unless as God an act of got God. Involved. Yeah. Is there something that's the opposite of a miracle? I mean, it should still be a miracle, shouldn't it? I think that has positive connotations. Mm, I suppose it does, only because how we've come to relate to it as a as a as a word and as a as a thing. But perhaps but, in the past, it you know, obviously the devil, the fallen angel, you know. So the work he's doing is essentially the the methods he's using are the same as God's, right? He's just using. He's them working to, within the same logical universe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. why shouldn't uh, his influence also be a miracle? This is the whole, basically, the premise of Good Omens. We're getting isn't into it? theology here, aren't we? <laughs> I think we're out of our depth already. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I wonder if there's a word that is basically like miracle that has a has this sort of negative side to it. Acts My of the devil. brother-in-law is a lapsed vicar. Yes, let's ask him. We could ask him, couldn't we? Jeff, tell us. I don't think Jeff knows the workings of the devil, only of God. Well, I don't suppose they teach you that, do they? And um, I think if you're a lapsed vicar, you've basically said goodbye to the whole shebang. <laughs> you, think, you think the devil has had his way? Well, maybe. I enjoy the story of Mr Leach and the Yeah, devil. me too. It's quite gruesome uh, for an old tale, isn't it? Quite gruesome for a festive advent story. <laughs> We're long past ever pretending any of these are only going to be Christmassy, aren't we? Well, next time it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. So I think we might go more traditional okay. for that, by which maybe more spooky. Yeah, that's the tradition, isn't it? Telling that's a ghost story on Christmas Eve. Yeah. All huddling round Mr. James's Ooh. chair. Oh, it's chilly. That's what you say. But then you go by the fire, all lovely. The Founders Library in the Fitzwilliam Museum. Mr. James, we'll invite you there Christmas Eve. I've been in there. On a Christmas Eve? No, no, not on a Christmas Eve. The museum's closed. Shall we end it there? Yeah, I suppose so. We're just rambling now, aren't we? We're just rambling. I hope you've enjoyed the story of The Devil Comes to Doddington, and I hope that it's taught you all, firstly, don't be so flippant about the devil. Secondly, keep your bloody oaths. And firstly, if you're going to start drinking at 11am, just stay put. (laughs) Just stay in one pub that's only two miles from your house, and you'll be much safer in the long run. That's a good lesson for Christmas. Don't drink and horse. (laughs) We will see you next time on Christmas Eve for the final advent. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, listeners. Come back in a week. Bye-bye.